Welcome to the Growing Hope podcast. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs and their families in partnership with local churches across the UK. Growing Hope aims to grow hope for children, hope for families and hope in Jesus. This conversational podcast is based on interviews with Growing Hope therapists, giving practical tips, strategies and insight into their field of expertise. It's hosted by Amy Hobbs, speech and language therapist. Hi there, thanks for listening. I am Amy and I'm joined today by Heather Graham, who worked as a pastoral worker and a counsellor for 16 years before getting ordained and she is now the vicar of a church in High Wycombe. Heather is Heather and her husband, Phil, have four children, and she works with parents of children with additional needs. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, it's lovely to be here. (laughs) I would love to hear how you got into working with parents of children with additional needs. What brought you to this area? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise for me, really. It wasn't something I'd ever really got involved in at all. But then my daughter... uh, really developed a passion for this and she became a respite carer when she was just a teenager for a little boy with Down syndrome and um, she's, in fact she still sees him today and then uh, she started getting involved in New Wine which is a, a Christian summer conference and uh, working with children with additional needs there and because of my counselling background she said to me one day well mum why, why don't you get involved you could work with the parents so I went on this team and started working with the parents of the children who had additional needs and after a short while I got asked to head up that team which I did for I think about nine years and it was just such an amazing time I learned so much um, from these incredible parents um, and it just I suppose that just awakened a passion in me to be able to get alongside them. You've had a couple of different sort of jobs and uh, views of this this area what has been the motivator for you in the different jobs that you've worked in throughout through the years? I think the thing is that I love people Um, and from an early age I found that what I enjoy most is getting alongside different kinds of people. Um, I actually started work as a solicitor but I quickly realised that what I enjoyed most was talking to the clients rather than wrestling with uh, the intricacies of the law so after I had my children I didn't return to law instead I started to do working for the church doing pastoral work lots of visiting and listening to people then my counselling training and worked alongside listening to people for many years and then as a vicar I still use those skills um, but obviously now walking with people often through the most challenging times in their lives. That's amazing. Um, what does growing hope look like for you? I know that you've been quite involved from, I mean, from the conception of growing hope, you've been quite involved. And what does that look like for, for you from a counselling perspective? Well, I what I've done is... Um, With Naomi, I've developed a a course called When Dreams Change, um, which is for parents of children with additional needs. And it's based on what I found has really helped parents that I've worked with through the years, uh, largely using my counselling experience. And what I realised is that while all parents will always put their children first, this is far more pronounced for um, parents of children with additional needs because their needs are so much greater. And... um, so really that course is aiming to help parents first of all to sort of acknowledge all the feelings that they've squashed down and the losses that they've experienced because you do experience losses um coming to terms with your child's needs because often they can be so huge 
And then we try to then help um, the parents as individuals to rebuild their self-esteem and that sense of who they are, which has often got lost uh, in the process of caring for their children. And, and by the end of the course, what we're hoping is that they'll be starting to dream new dreams, um, both for themselves as well as for their what children. Element of this of looking at additional needs. How do you find that parents often think about these things, or is this something that parents often don't actually um, sort of confront, or don't get to think of and explore, or feel guilty for thinking of? Or ex- I mean, I'm sure there must be a wealth of, of just so many different things going on uh, in processing having a child with uh, additional needs when you get that diagnosis potentially. Yeah, I think that's right. It's just overwhelming and it often takes a long time, first of all, just to even come to terms with the, the diagnosis. And, and for not for some children, it, it's ob- obvious from birth, but for many, it only happens gradually. So they just don't really know. Uh, and they have to go through all of that processing. And But in the midst of it, they're also really having to work hard to, to care for their child and to learn a whole new world Um of experiences so um, often when they've come along the course they haven't really ever taken any time to think about their own emotions or where they are in it so we try right from the start really to get them into the deep end of actually thinking about where where they are and and what's going on and and so we can have quite a lot of Mm. tears and being real Mm. but actually that's helpful because I think it's when we really engage with where we are that we're then able to start to move on and, and to make some changes or to look at things a bit differently really. It's incredibly important that the, the space you're providing for parents to be able to process that and to work through that and confront that and so they can move move on and move forward in a really healthy space. What important work you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I know that you're working with a lot of parents and you have been working with a lot of parents at Growing Hope. What kind of, what are some of the things that you do um, other than the dreams change course, how does that look uh, practically on a day to day? Well, really, that's the main thing that I've been doing is the growing hope is the when dreams change course, um, and both meeting with the parents and talking to them and, and running the course, but also um, developing it in terms of and we've now done a video. Uh, recording so that we can that sessions can be run and I'm going to be training uh, with Naomi training other people to facilitate the course so that it can hopefully be rolled out um, in churches across the country not just uh, in, in London so that it's a resource that actually um, other parents can use yeah. hopefully in the future. Really valuable resource yeah. um, and is that quite different to what you do the rest of your time? as a a vicar (laughs) yeah it is I think quite different I mean I've um obviously I've run parenting courses in the past I've run a marriage course for a number of years I think the essence the thing that is most important to me in life is really for individuals to become more fully the person that God created them to be and that's what I'm aiming to do at, at Growing Hope and what I'm aiming to do in my work as a vicar as well, really. That is incredible. And wow, I'm just so in awe of, of this work and how important it is and how life-changing it, it has the potential to be for parents. Um, wow. And I know that you you are Naomi's mum. So is that really how that all uh, got going and started for you in working with Growing Hope? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, she knew what I'd been up to at New Wine and uh, she'd seen the work I'd done with the parents because she ended up, uh, she was the mm. head of additional needs for, for New Wine for a while. And so therefore um, that uh, meant yeah. that she could see what I did. And 
and she invited me to get involved and we discussed obviously when she was setting up Growing Hope we discussed what I could do to support her in that and this was an obvious area that I uh, felt I could get involved in to help. The thing that I think really I love about Growing Hope the vision of it is that it's not just hope for the child it's also hope for the whole family and it's hope in Jesus so it's that whole combination which I think is really good because you know they run sibling sessions and other sessions for um for the siblings of children who've got additional needs so they're looking at the whole family's needs yeah. which I think is really important that, yeah that focus can get lost in you know when uh, children are receiving different therapy or support at school and um or in medical facilities and it um, can sometimes get lost that a uh, perspective of the whole family or you know that whole a unit and yeah. what the parents and the siblings are experiencing as well I think it's amazing that you're able to you know pull those all together in this um in growing hope yeah I think so because because obviously what goes on the family really affects and impacts uh the child as well so having that whole support is just I think it's really important yeah I mean can you give us some insight into maybe some of the challenges that parents you meet might be facing and I know that I mean it must be quite uh a broad spectrum or, you know, that parents are going through unique things. But are there some things that all all of the parents yeah. do face or any challenges that are, are similar that you, you see often? Yes, I think so. I think, um, yeah, like you said, obviously there is a, a huge variety, but the thing that comes across most strongly is a real sense of isolation. I think they often feel that other people just don't understand how incredibly diff- difficult life can be. And and it's also really hard to have to explain things to people who aren't in the same position, you know, explain why your child might find this difficult or why they might be doing this behaviour. And you feel like you're always having to explain yourself everywhere you go. And so I think one of the things I've really enjoyed about doing the When Dreams Change course is that you're in a group with other parents who do completely understand that you're not on your own. Um, and so I think that's been such a positive thing. And that, that's been an experience I've had whenever I've worked with groups of parents that they the thing they value is being able to just talk about how it is and know that the other people in the room completely understand why your child might, you know, find, you know, have, have a meltdown in a particular situation or find something difficult. They don't have to explain themselves that other people get it. And I think um, the other thing I think is that often parents feel that life is such a battle. It feels like they've got to fight for everything, like for the right support, for respite care, for financial support, you know, for schooling. And often they are just so exhausted. Um, they, they often have um, loads of appointments to take their children to. And they're trying to juggle, juggle so much. Often they've got other children they're trying to look after and a partner or a spouse and of course they might be incredibly sleep deprived as well depending on what their their child's needs are so i feel often they come to come along to something really um really kind of at the end of themselves really and and they just hardly ever a lot of times um, parents hardly ever have any time for themselves at all. You know, very rarely getting time even to um, go out for an evening with friends or with a partner. And as we said at the beginning as well, I think often um, when I meet parents, they're still on that journey of coming to terms with their um, child's diagnosis. What is it actually that they're facing? What does the future hold for them? So, wow, yeah, that yeah. is an incredibly, I'm sure, exhausting and quite emotionally draining process as well, other than, you know, be, having to explain to people um, often 
what you know what your child might be going through or why that's happening um and even if you know how to do that in every situation um having to do that constantly must also be quite emotionally draining for parents uh i can imagine and so having mm-hmm. a, a support structure and having a space where they can talk about it or not have to explain um but also feel comfortable to talk about what you know what they need to get out or what they're experiencing um, must be really yeah. helpful yeah and I think just starting to actually reconnect with who they are that's something that's so important because you just lose sight of actually being a person you just become mum or, or dad you just stop being me as an individual with my own gifts and skills and and it's so important and that's why I love to see you know when parents blossom and they can actually start to rediscover who they are that's just so great yeah and I love the the name of the course when dreams change that there is that acknowledgement that you know maybe the the future that we all imagine for ourselves or that we had in mind uh, might be look a little bit differently now and and actually adjusting to that change is a bigger process than maybe it's given space for in in our society or in our culture um but that dreams do change and that the future might look different but that's still a really exciting and hopeful and incredibly joyful um you know future it has the potential to be incredibly joyful um but that that experience and that processing for parents can be just an important sort of step to that yeah, and, and I think the fact that you, you get to a point where you recognise you can still have dreams, but they were different to the ones that you thought you were going to have in the first place. And mm. Yeah, because initially you kind of feel like everything you dreamt about is out the window and mm. actually being able to find out, no, it, it, I can still dream, it's okay, it, it's a really good thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Do you have any top tips for parents in dealing with those challenges? And I know you've spoken to quite a, f- you know, a few of the things that they might be feeling. Yeah, I sort of thought about four top tips, I think. The first one is you matter. Um, Not just because you are a carer of others, but because of who you are. And you'll be a better parent, a better carer when you also take some time to care for yourself. It's not easy, but it's really worth finding ways to be yourself and to use your gifts and skills. So top tip is you matter. And the second one is you need others around you. What I found is that often when we're in a coping mode, we just withdraw because it's easier to battle on your own than trying to keep explaining things to others. And uh, and we often kind of, um, because we lock down our emotions, we can become um, just kind of turned inward. But actually, when we start being real and honest with other people and really telling people how tough it is, it really helps because then other people do feel that they can come on board with you. If you can actually verbalise what you need, then actually getting other people in there with you will help you not to feel so isolated. But you have to kind of get to that point of accepting it, really. So the second one is you need others around you. Um, And then the third one, which I think is probably for every parent uh, on the planet, is you don't need to be perfect. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> Definitely. I um, had to go through this as a parent. I think every parent does. We all make mistakes. We all do things we regret. But we have to learn to forgive ourselves and we have to start each day afresh. We only have to be good enough. And, you know, giving our children love is the most important thing. As long as you can put more love in, um, it doesn't matter about getting a few things wrong I think that's really important I I was reading a um a Brene Brown book I don't know if um 
if you have read much of her, but Brene Brown said that there's no perfect parents, but there are engaged parents. And I really like that, that actually, you know, parents, nobody is perfect, or no person is perfect, really. But uh, the best kind of parents are those that are engaged and they can make mistakes and they can not be perfect. And But being engaged is is a really important aspect of, of you know, being a good parent or whatever good looks like. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's great. Yeah. So, so that's my third one. And my fourth one was um, get to know other parents of children with additional needs and especially with um, needs that are similar to your own child. And I think that just goes along with that sense of isolation I was talking about earlier. Um, just really getting to other people who do completely understand. And, you know, if you can go along to a When Dreams Change course, I would really recommend it um, because I just think it helps you to feel that sense of actually we can we can work through things together. And I found that parents would often, uh, after one session, you know, they'd talk about ideas they were going to try and then they'd come back the following week and they'd have tried it and they'd encourage each other and, and there'd be that sense of, of swapping ideas and um, and then you all learn together and, and you don't feel so isolated. So I think that's my thought. That's really tip, amazing. Really. We've been asking on, on this podcast series, we've been asking, you know, the various therapists and, and personnel involved in Growing Hope what are some of the things that they that help them in that journey? And I know that in spe- in looking at um, when g- dreams change and attending these courses, that that's a big part of it, that support structure. And what you've just said on having people around you to encourage you and to, you know, bring ideas or, you know, have their success stories or their wins from the week um, is a really important part mm-hmm. of that, that support structure, that maintaining hope that um you know growing your community and, and coping with that um so I mean I've, I was about to ask you what are some of the things that you would say that really help parents to keep that hope uh, and you've just already sort of answered that question do you have anything else to add? I guess I have yeah I, I think I think the thing is to be kind to yourself you know, because and, and focus on positives, you know, however small they are, and don't compare yeah. yourself to other people. Because we really, we're so good at focusing on anything negative that anybody says. We take it on board, we believe it, but we just let anything good just disappear over our shoulder. We don't take it on, we don't believe it. So I think for parents, they need to train themselves to really listen and accept the positives Mm. that people say to you. So if someone's working with your child and they say, for example, oh, you must have worked really hard on those exercises. I can see all the real improvement in Ben's hand control since last time. Or say a friend comments and says, wow, you're so patient, you know, with Sam. Then receive it, believe it, write it down, you know, so that actually on a bad day, you can look back and you can say, actually, I am a good parent. I'm doing really well here. I'm trying really hard. Because we tend to just always focus on the things that we get wrong or the things we wish we'd done differently. And we don't focus on the things that we do right. So anytime anybody encourages you in any way, just try and really take that on board and remember it. That would be my That's amazing because I know for myself, and I'll speak from my own experience, it doesn't always feel (laughs) like you are nailing it or you are you know achieving or you are a very patient person and I I don't ever feel particularly patient and I think it can be easy to listen to our own emotions and our own sort of inner voice going no you're not actually very patient or you're not actually doing that right or it's not actually 
um, you know, the best that could be do- job that could be done. But actually hearing from others that they're seeing that in you is is really helpful. And I think um, key thing to to write down and to try and incorporate into our own yeah, vo- inner voice. And yeah, I think that's good because we do just tune it out. So it's kind of tuning into the positives mm. and then recording them. Sometimes I get people to do something like uh, maybe ask three friends to write down for you what are the things that they they see in you that they really admire in you or something like that. And then you've got a piece of paper to hold on to with those things because yeah. it's it's just so easy just to uh, to not notice those things in ourselves, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lastly. I want to know one thing that you did to keep sane during lockdown and during this the last couple of months of very uncertain times. Um, I think the most important thing for me is uh, exercising, really getting out. So I I do running, uh, cycling. I do a bit of uh, keep fit indoors on the online keep fit. But I found that getting my endorphins up uh, is really important for me. So first in the morning, just trying to get a run in before I sit down at the computer before I start work. Um, and I think that actually that's good for everybody, yeah. isn't it? But for me, that's what keeps me going. Otherwise, I find I can get a bit low. <laughs> so. I didn't do Joe Wicks. I have a friend actually who does an online one that I've been uh, been tuning into. But uh, I did get I actually got some weights for my birthday, so I've been doing a little bit of a few weights with it now oh, as well. <laughs> well, that is a really that's a good coach. I mean, out of all the things that people have been doing, baking and that sort of thing, I think exercise has been one that everybody's sort of found, hasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I feel really encouraged having spoken to you. And I'm sure that for all of our listeners, the parents um, of children with additional needs and just any parents, really, um, this has been so helpful and so encouraging. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Growing Hope podcast. To find out more about Growing Hope, or to sign up to our monthly newsletter, go to our website, growinghope.org.uk.